Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing really well. I did... Did we talk about me doing finger guns every time I, <laughs> I yeah, say... Yeah, a, a few episodes ago. <laughs> I did I did that just then as well. I did it and then I remembered, oh yeah, I was trying to stop doing that. Finger gun check-in. That's how we pew, start pew. episodes now. I'm glad, by the way, that we've done enough of these that I can do that intro a little bit on autopilot. Because yes. it's been a while since we've recorded and I think I would have absolutely flubbed it if I wasn't able to just press play in my brain of the things I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's good to be back. Yeah, we've just had a, I've had a holiday and now we're back and diving in with that old classic and investigator specific episode. Yeah, yeah, we're running running out of all the good ones to do though. Uh-oh. <laughs> Some barrel Hot scraping take. begins. Yeah. I can't wait for the messages in saying how dare you say that insert name here is not one of the good ones. It's a funny one, isn't it? The balancing act between um, not wanting to do an investigator-specific episode right when a new investigator comes out, because obviously we want to play them and think about them, but they are also the new hotness and we're maybe excited how they might change or breathe new life into a, a class or whatever it is. Yeah, and then they maybe fade from memory a little bit if, if you don't revisit them. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly more than we could ever like dedicate the time to playing between us, right? Seems like it that way now. Yeah. Like I think feel like we do fewer than five between every cycle. Is that right? We're always gonna be falling behind. We're I thought we were catching up. Maybe no, we're maybe we're not. <laughs> oh well. So who are we talking about today? Yeah, well I mean we are talking about one of the newest investigators. Mm-hmm. Talking about Daryl Simmons. Now, Daryl the well, this cycle has actually been out for a while now and we've also mm-hmm. known for quite some time, what in advance of the cycle coming out, what what the cards are going to be. Mm-hmm. So when did we first learn about Daryl? It must have been last July. summer. Yeah, yeah, July August. Yeah. So we're not we're not a million miles away from him being out for a year or known about for a year. Yeah, which feels wild because he still feels brand new. Yeah, yeah. And there will be some people who've played multiple campaigns with him now and feel. Like, oh, I'm sick of Daryl. I know his shtick. Yes. And there'll be other people who maybe haven't even got to him yet because they play a bit more slowly or someone else in their group is wanting to play him. It's funny how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. More than ever, it yeah. feels the pace at which people are playing is different. Yeah. Well, should, we get, okay. should we get into his card then? Let's do it. Who's turn to sit to read it? You should keep track of this on our, our investigator yeah. tracking sheet. <laughs> I'm happy for you to do it. Don't okay, brilliant. We have Daryl Simmons, the photographer. He has... Oh, do we normally do the stats? I think we normally go across, don't we? We do, yeah. Just had a crisis of confidence there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has two willpower, five intellect, two combat, and three agility. And he has the reporter trait. You begin the game with Daryl's Kodak in play. Free trigger. During a, sk- a skill test at your location, spend one evidence from an asset you control. Reduce the difficulty of this test by two. Limit once per test. Elder sign effect, plus one. Place one evidence on an asset you control. He has six health and eight sanity. The truth is darker than any of us know. Mm. Which is a painful thing for a photographer to say, given that 
you want to use a flash and yeah. bring things to light and everything else. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the truth is darker, and unfortunately, my photos don't look great as a result. <laughs> well, he joins a, a rarefied uh, group of investigators, survivors. Well, I mean, any investigator that has a five and a stat, but mm, it's particularly mm. rare in survivors. I think Rita, maybe the only one that's. Five agility, yeah. I don't think. Calvin, when he's souped up. Yeah, yeah across Calvin, the board. Yeah, at least. Yeah. <laughs> the five intellect really leaps out, and it's also in a class where the really intellect has not been Survivor's strong suit up until this point. Well, up until Bob Jenkins in the previous cycle as well, who's a four-intellect Survivor. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, over at FFG, they've been deciding in the last couple of campaigns that Survivor needs to give intellect a bit of love and given some high-stat intellect investigators to us which is nice yeah i mean i I guess the question is like thematically why do we place daryl in the survivor faction Mm. survivor strikes me as the faction i mean we've definitely talked about this before frank but strikes Mm -hmm. me as the faction which has been thrust the thing that separates a seeker from a survivor is a survivor has been pushed into the role of uh opposite no what's the word i'm looking for antagonizing the mythos an antagonist to the mythos, mm-hmm. not by mm-hmm. choice, whereas a seeker has appropriately enough sorted out. Yes. So, you know, Harvey or Daisy is going into the library and pulling out those forbidden forbidden books. Daryl mm-hmm. has just stumbled across the, something weird happening and been forced to take pictures of it for his job. Daryl's off doing his job, and then maybe the seeker part of him is when he's in the dark room exposing photographs, exposing developing photographs yeah. and realising, oh, hang on, there's something in these photographs I wasn't expecting. The seeker part of his personality, because he does have some seeker access, is only while he's doing his job rather than his sort of MO, his intention. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and the other thing, of course, a five stat does is it, it drops all the rest of his stats. Mm-hmm. He's got the standard allocation of stat points, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's got a two, which is a poor stat for both willpower and combat. He's got the kind of classic slightly slightly okay agility put into Survivor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way, that three could be sort of in any of his stats, and it doesn't really matter. It's a funny one, isn't it, where his stat line feels very one-sided or very one-dimensional because of the five. Yeah, and nothing else really comes to mind as particularly impressive. Now, funny as well what you said about sort of in, intent and seekeriness, because looking at his story, it says even while growing up in Arkham, Daryl always knew that there was something not quite right about the strange little time. And in the years since growing up, he scoured every inch of the city. So it, he does read as a seeker in a way, going out to find what it is that's not quite right. Yeah. Maybe it's that he's Arkham born and bred and that he's just a, an everyday citizen that gives him his survivoriness. I think you could argue it both ways. I know before he was announced, people were hoping that he would be what he is, this survivor with seeker access. So. Yeah. Well, let's not jump into his deck building just yet and have a look at his mm. ability, mm. which yes. is going to be a little hard to talk about without his talking about his camera, but we'll come on to that in a second. Yeah. 
what Daryl can do is spend evidence from an asset and then reduce the difficulty of a test by two. Now, this yes. feels similar to Mark's ability mm-hmm. or, or the way Mark plays in yeah. that he can take damage for a bonus to a test. Mark, of course, gets a plus two bonus. Daryl gets a minus two difficulty, which is an interesting yeah. one because it, it, it can drop in the difficulty of any test by two can have the effect of reducing the difficulty to zero, at which point pretty much any token will pass you the test, barring mm. some edge cases or drawing the, the autofail token. Yeah. So we've thought about this when we talked about unexpected courage versus gumption. Yes. Unexpected courage is a plus two wild. Gumption is a minus two difficulty. Gumption is one XP. So it's like, oh, okay, for some reason this costs slightly more in terms of experience than unexpected courage. The reason being, as you've just said, that part of dropping difficulty and part of the the fringe benefit of it is that it means that you can actually take out far more tokens than adding a plus two would do. Yes, potentially, yes. Potentially, depending on the difficulty of the test you're going into. So really what we want to look at in Daryl is a reliable way of, of gathering evidence putting evidence Mm. on our cards so that he's able to freely use this ability. And without seeing Daryl's Kodak, I'd also say like he's essentially blank in terms of ability because it says he begins the game with Daryl's Kodak in play. But if you don't play an asset with evidence, you can't use his free triggered ability. And similarly, his Elder Sign effect doesn't do anything because he's not an asset you can't place evidence on him. So he really cares about having assets in play with evidence and ways of accruing evidence. Yes. And I think that's that's worth remarking on. There are some investigators who don't need anything else in play to get going, but Daryl obviously does, and I'm sure that's part of why he begins the game with Daryl's Kodak in play. Do you want to throw out some cards that accrue evidence at me? Hmm, yeah. That he can use? That he can or use. Just <laughs> I, I, you don't want, you don't want Damning Testimony? You don't want say, Michael yeah, Lee? There can't be that many he can't use. Yeah, no, there are very few, but there are a couple, like Damning Destiny and Michael Lee. So what accrues evidence? We've got the Hawkeye Folding Camera. Yes. We've got Research Notes. Yes. We've got Empirical Hypothesis. Yep. Is it Dissection Tools is the equivalent of the Hawkeye Folding Camera? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that, and then I was second-guessing whether that had evidence. I think it does, right? I'm pretty sure it does. I think it, I'm sure it's exactly the same, except for the stats. Yeah. You're right. Are we missing any obvious ones after that? I don't think so. You'll have obviously noticed that a lot of those cards we mentioned were Scarlet Keys cards. So before it came out, the list of evidence cards was pretty limited. Yeah. And you'll also note that those cards accrue evidence in different ways. So it's not like, I don't know, uses supplies where most cards you just play it and it gets its supplies. Something yeah. like the camera or the dissection tools requires you to do a thing so it might even be as daryl that you play the hawkeye folding camera but you still can't use his free triggered ability because you need to start generating evidence first yeah that's just worth being aware of and i would say what's interesting is in most of those cases you're expanding something you could use for something else like the exception Mm -hmm. is once you've got the three stats on your dissection tools and your camera Mm-hmm. Evidence accrued on those essentially has no purpose. In fact, I know a lot of people before Daryl came out would stop counting the evidence once they got to three. 
because there was no way to remove it and it didn't matter. I mean, it's a free it's a, it, it's a free trigger anyway, so you don't have to do it, right? I'm sure it's yeah. a free trigger. Yeah. So yeah, in, in a lot of cases when you're using Daryl's ability, you're expanding something you could have... It, 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 that would be doing something else if you hadn't spent it. Suspending mm. an evidence mm. off research notes is a clue that you could get. Yes, yeah. That you had to accrue by finding... Uh, sorry, dropping a clue in the first place. Same with, yeah. you know, the, the Hawkeye folding camera. You know, you, you spend that, that evidence off there and you've lost the plus one sanity you got. Mm-hmm. Or the plus one intellect or if you're really one. desperate. Exactly, which, yeah. If you're using it for an intellect test, suddenly your ability is essentially just a, a minus one difficulty. Yeah. Because of the way it works out. What I think was interesting about... I think this applied to some of the other investigators that appeared around the same time. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think, but but I think it's like a shadow economy that Daryl has. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. he 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 uses evidence as another form of resource. It's not just a, a like a fuel for his ability. Mm. It's you are deciding what the best way of spending that evidence accrued is, mm. and deciding yeah. what are the best ways to accrue it as well. You're spot on. I think we talked about this across all of the Scarlet Keys investigators. You've got Carson who's giving out actions in a way that has more meaning than than not. You've got mm-hmm. Vincent with On the Mend. Yes, yeah, absolutely. His, his kind of currency is damage, sort mm, of, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Kaimani is maybe the one that doesn't fit this, but then you've got Amina with Doom, you've mm-hmm. got Daryl with Evidence, and then you've got Charlie with Allies, where Allies for him have an ability beyond what they would have for any other investigator. So, yeah, it's a in its own way, a currency. How many allies are you investing in playing, building your stats up that way? This is slightly off topic, but I I found an old meme we did about Vincent. Mm. I I was just looking on Twitter, and it was like the galaxy brain, like the small brain is... Okay. Healing is better in Vincent. And then, like, (laughs) slightly bigger brain is... My job as Vincent is to give out on the mend every turn to my allies. And then, like, Mm -hmm. the kind of exploding galaxy brain is... (laughs) My my capacity to give out on the mend is only limited by my my teammates' health pools. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like swinging yeah. the bone saw around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're actually stopping me being good as as Vincent if you're <laughs> not taking damage. Yeah, and I, I, just just to swing back to Daryl as you were talking there, the other thing that I remembered was that this ability works on any investigator at your location as well. It's any, yes. it's any skill test at your location. So yeah. actually, my experience of playing Daryl is that he's not a bad support character either. Mm-hmm. For those mm-hmm. difficult tests your ally's taking, it, it, the same thing applies to to this test as to uh, to that test as, as to any test that, that Daryl does. That if you can drop the difficulty to zero, then your your ally doesn't need to commit anything else to that test really to increase their chances of success. But also, it's just like an unexpected courage into their test as well whenever they need one. Yeah, you can help in that way, which is really nice. I mean, I would like to see more generally more ways of helping people with tests that aren't committing cards mm-hmm. and that support feels like it's a worthwhile endeavour. But it's a very hard area to flesh out. I think it's hard for it not to feel either broken powerful if you're like making all tests very easy or also not worth it when you could just be committing cards to tests to pass. Yeah. So it's, it's a fine line to tread. Good point though. The important thing to note, of course, is that the free triggered ability is limit once per test. 
So you also can't set up that delightful thing of saving a load of evidence and then that late scenario difficulty six test dropping it to zero. Yeah. We recently recorded our first scenario specific episode. And in that, one of the things we looked at was the difficulty of repeatedly attacking a brood of Yogsothoth. Yeah, yeah. This is really nice. Yeah. If you've accrued evidence through uh, the scenario, why not? You know, it counts as a clue, basically. And particularly if those clue dropping abilities are hard to come by, this could be really useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the face of, say, someone wants to commit a gut, someone wants to commit an unexpected courage, those are max one per test, so you can't pile everything else in. But Daryl at least has a way of helping out that he can always do as long as he has evidence. Shall we flip him over? Yes, let's do it. Deck size 30, deck building options, survivor 0 to 5, seeker 0 to 2, neutral 0 to 5, and deck building requirements, Daryl's Kodak, Ruined film, one random basic weakness. It's, we sort of stolen our lunch money a bit here. Like, yeah, we, we've we've talked a bit about this, but I think mm-hmm. what drives Daryl's deck building, in my opinion, like the 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 Butterfingers archetype became commonly associated with Daryl, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not because it inherently synergizes with his ability in any way. You don't look at his card and say, oh, he loves to drop clues. No. What happens is you look at his card and you say, ooh, I want cards that generate evidence really easily. And then you yes. look at the card pool and you look at Hawkeye Ford and Camera and you look at research notes and you say, oh, okay, well, I guess to use these cards, I'm going to be dropping clues. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of those cards sit in Seeker as well, which is, yes. I think, a lot of Daryl decks will be heavily... They, they, can they'll, be, they'll, can they'll, be. Yeah, they can They can pick heavily from the secret class. I, I was going to look at my my recent campaign deck and just. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so so, do you want to guess out of the thirty cards, what number of survivor in my campaign ending Daryl deck? I know that you're running quick learner, so quick six. Oh yeah. So yeah yeah. I had, sorry, I had quick study as well. So there's two old key ring, two quick learner. Oh, key ring, yeah. yeah. One test of will, two shed a light, one gumption, and two take hard. Okay. Well, so that's what, eight? If I yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, ten, but two permanents. Yeah, okay. Oh, so, yeah, more than I was expecting. Yeah. But, yeah, only a third. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it makes sense. And what you were describing with Butterfingers, of course, you want cards that drop clues. Yes, sorry, so you I, want I took your this for granted. William Mallison, you want your Forewarned or Captivating Discovery or Bizarre Diagnosis, you want cards that drop clues. You know, a side effect of doing that for certain cards like Research Notes is that you generate evidence. Mm-hmm. And it is also a sort of a side side effect of Hawkeye Folding Camera, where if you drop a clue on a location that you haven't yet cleared of clues, and then clear it of clues, you get an evidence on Hawkeye Folding Camera. Yeah. And where that matters is, of course, maybe you weren't at the location when it was cleared of clues, say someone else in your party cleared it, or also it's a zero clue location. Yeah. So normally you wouldn't be able to get an evidence. So there's a couple of ways that you could end up with evidence. And then the side, side, side effect of that is evidence is good for Daryl. It's a weird, really kind of circuitous route to ending up as a Butterfingers Daryl. Yeah. But my experience of playing it is that it really sings. Yeah. And each 
each step seems to reinforce the next step, which is good. And with research notes, obviously, you're giving yourself a very easy test to pick up a lot of clues. And as Daryl, you have five intellects, so you might at a certain point just go, right, I know I, I wanted to do this for the evidence, but actually I just want to pick up all the clues again and be helpful, so I will. And then, of course, that triggers your... Like, I was in situations... We're diving into deck building a little bit here, but that, mm-hmm. that will trigger That's your fine. empirical hypothesis as well, where you're mm-hmm. trying to succeed by three. But what yes. you'll also do is you'll put... You'll drop a clue to trigger your quick study yeah. or plus three stats on that test. But because you dropped a clue, that puts an evidence on research notes as well, mm. which can mm-hmm. then be spent when you pass the research notes test to pick the clues back up. Yeah. yeah. So you get your empirical hypothesis evidence, you put an evidence on research notes which you take straight off, but then also you've triggered your press pass, <laughs> so you get yeah. an extra action that turn as well for, for no cost. Yeah, it's almost like it doesn't spend any actions you'd hope yeah, but, it's, yeah. I, de- I described it several times as a bit underpants gnomes right so you do all it this very much is dropping yeah. oh, i spent all my turn dropping clues and picking them back up again so what have you done well look at all this evidence i've got <laughs> if i yeah, ever have to take a test i'm going to really do well <laughs> not that i'm going to be aiming to take any tests i'm busy doing all of this absolutely absolutely it's fun in that way, I suppose. It's enjoyable. There is another angle here as well, which that 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 is definitely the seeker style of dropping clues and things. The other thing he has access to, which came out in Scarlet Keys, is difficulty zero. So dropping the difficulty of tests more generally, which we saw already with the improv events, they give you minus one difficulty rather than plus one skill. Yeah. But then in Scarlet Keys, we saw things like Shed a Light, which you have in your deck and also exploit weakness that trigger off the difficulty being zero. So he's already got an ability on his card that allows him to get to that point. And if you've got something like, say, a flashlight or an old keyring and then Daryl, you can drop the shroud of a four shroud location to zero to shed a light there. Or similarly, if you're playing, I don't know, improvised weapon and you can also use a Daryl evidence, you can drop the fight from three to zero and then be able to use exploit weakness which is an auto succeed so he has a a survivor application i suppose and it it's curious to me as well that of course his stats aren't great the two two three and you could expend a lot of effort trying to boost his stats higher or there's another option which is that you kind of float along at this two or three difficulty two or three stat level but you also pull tests below that which is a a fun way of playing you just keep dropping the difficulty rather than worrying about boosting yourself yeah anything else that jumps out to you from the survivor card pool that feels daryl appropriate at this juncture i mean broad rather than specific cards things that survivor does that he might like um yeah i'm sure there is but i can't think of anything Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, what what occurred to me um, <laughs> before I made that very long uh, sound was yeah. we didn't talk about his Elder Sign ability. No, no, apart from me saying it doesn't do anything if you don't have an asset. Yes, because it's really good. It's a really, really good ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, as I said earlier, like the the evidence you spend, it's not as insignificant or as or as light as charges or uses mm-hmm. or ammo. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're useful tokens to have, but evidence 
often feels a bit weightier in terms of what it can be spent to achieve. Mm -hmm. Am I being... Do you think that's a, a fair comment? In my head, I almost have evidence with the weight of a clue. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because of research notes. Yes. And, a, and a, it's a stat boost. It's a point of stat on a camera or the dissection tools. Yeah. It's a card from Empirical it's Hypothesis. It's probably the kind of card. lightest... The lightest it can be is a mm-hmm. card with em, uh, Empirical Hypothesis. Lots mm-hmm. of other cards, evidence is worth quite a bit. Yeah, and we've not talked about the Kodak yet. But we'll we haven't talked about moment. the Kodak yet, yeah. exactly. I mean, I think a card at fast speed is, I would say, has quite a lot of value. Yes, because, you, I yeah. absolutely agree, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even then, a clue is is really good. It's not at fast speed, of course, yeah. with research notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so the Elder Sign ability... Mm-hmm. Rather than it being put an ammo or a charge or a secret on a card, it's put mm-hmm. like something quite good on a card. Presuming yeah. give that yourself you have... a stat boost exactly. if you haven't got there yet. Yeah. Or do you want yeah. a clue? Yeah, please, I'll take a clue. Yeah. Do you want you know, do you want a card at fast speed? I'll also have one of those as well, please. Yeah. Yeah. Never... Side effect plus one. Draw a card is lovely, but yes. also draw a card, get a clue, or build up a stat is even more lovely. Yeah. And unlike a lot of investigators, you're never disappointed by seeing the Elder mm-hmm. Sign. You're never like, oh, if only I'd drawn this at such and such a time. You're always like, ooh, great, I get to put an evidence on something. Even mm, if it's just yeah. a Kodak, like, fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a free trigger of your ability. Yeah, yeah. then it's Elder Sign effect plus one, get plus two for the, a future it, test. Yeah, yeah. Which is lovely. You're sort of banking a... Banking a plus two, you're getting a plus three in some sense, which is delightful. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm glad you brought us back to that. Yeah. We need to talk about the Kodak. We Why do, don't yeah. you read us the Kodak? Brill. Daryl's Kodak, <laughs> and the subtext is, Frank, the, the subtitle is? Proof in the Pudding. Proof in the Pudding. It is an asset. It has a intellect, an agility, and a wild icon, and it has the item and tool traits. Oh, it's two cost as well. <laughs> Daryl Simmons' deck only reaction. After an enemy or treachery enters play, exhaust Daryl's Kodak, place one resource from the token pool on that enemy or treachery as evidence. Reaction, after you discover any number of clues, move that many evidence on enemies or treacheries at that location, or not at any location, to Daryl's Kodak. Mm -hmm. So this is purely, this is the the exception to my um, (laughs) my evidence is weighty. That yes. Kodak is just like an evidence generating store. Mm-hmm. And it's the cause of the most arguments when you're playing Daryl. Which is where you try <laughs> yeah. and get your friends not to kill enemies until you've taken a picture of them. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is, is a delightful tension, actually. It's quite thematic as Daryl runs around with his camera. It's like there's a ghoul tearing down on us, and, you know, Zoe's like, well, I'll chop this ghoul up. And Daryl's like, no, no, not yet. Let me take a picture first. Yeah, it's a shame he can't take a picture sort of after the body has been slain. But <laughs> so be it. he needs to prove it's alive by capturing it on film. Notably, if you draw a treachery with a revelation effect that just gives you a test and then disappears, that treachery never enters play. It just comes into limbo and goes again. Yes. So what you're looking for is either an enemy that enters play, so either engages you or engages someone else. Doesn't need to be at your location, which is lovely, but it does just need to enter play. Or a treachery that's going to have a revelation effect that means it stays in play for at least 
some period of time. So something like, say, dissonant voices that enters play in your threat area, but also treacheries that attach to the act or agenda or attach to locations work as well. Again, because we've just done the Undimensioned Unseen episode, there are quite a few good targets of treacheries there. There's mm-hmm. Sworded and Silent that sticks in play. There's at least one other that I can't remember now off the top of my head. There's Frozen in Fear as well. So There's all the broods. <laughs> there's all the broods. There's plenty that come into play and sit there, which is nice. Yeah. Then the bit that's sort of awkward and I really like and I think really gets Daryl to be Daryl is exactly as you say. You need to get clues to then fetch the evidence. So if you've drawn an enemy, put an evidence on it, and it's then on you. If you're Daryl, you're either taking an attack of opportunity to investigate, or hoping someone's going to take the enemy off you but not kill it, or you're getting a clue at fast speed. And this is where I'd say like sleeper working a hunch is really nice in Daryl, because to be able to sneak in and get a clue to get the evidence off an enemy and then be able to deal with it is really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. agree, yeah. At higher player counts, you've got that... It's not like a risk-reward, it's it's a... it's a, I don't know, push your luck, is that the right word for it? <laughs> once, once the next person has drawn their card, it's too late to go back and say, oh, actually, I'll put the evidence on that one. So yeah, you might have the yeah. first player drawing something and it's an enemy and you're like, ooh, am I going to get a chance to take a picture before they kill it? Yes. Do yeah. I bank on someone else drawing a better bit of, um, a better treachery or enemy for me to, to take a picture of? Or do I decide as soon as I see something in play, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to evidence it? It's so true. Because the codec exhausts, it's not just spitting out resources as evidence on everything that comes out. I've even had that in two-player in a two-player campaign. My partner draws an enemy. I'm like, okay, I'll put an evidence on that. And then a couple of times I've drawn something like, I suppose like a locked door when I have a working a hunch in hand or yeah. uh, it was edge of the earth. So there's various, you know, through the ice and things that attach to your location where it's like, this would have been easy. I could have just got this one and not had to come to your location and get a clue there and go before you and all of that sort of thing. So it does add lots of wrinkles to how you play. Yeah. Notably, it means if you're pulling an Elder Sign early in the game, say you're just investigating first turn, you've got something to put evidence on because the Kodak is an asset, which I think matters. You can The Kodak isn't permanent, so it can get discarded. And with only two willpower, you might want to be thinking about getting other assets down early so that you don't crypt chill your Kodak. But it's there already and can start charging up and getting evidence pretty quickly, which is nice. I think what it does do, I, I, I don't... I think we've covered sort of a lot of how this fits into his deck already, aside from mm-hmm. the wrinkles you've talk, we've talked about in terms of encounter mm-hmm. cards. I think what it does do is the fact you've got to you've got to find clues to keep that evidence engine flowing further builds into his role in a, in a team. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, know, yeah. Uh, being able to get clues at, at fast speed is really good. Uh, just being able to pick up clues is good. Um, to retrieve the evidence. So you're really building him into a role as a cluer that is able to pass the tests as well when he needs to. Yeah, if you were going to do like, oh, well, I'm going to have dissection tools and I'm going to kill enemies to get evidence, you're going to start the game with the Kodak in play that says you get evidence from getting clues. 
So they sort of runs counter to each other straight away. Mm. I love, by the way, that when we used to do these episodes, first five minutes we'd read the cards and then we'd chat. And yeah. it's evolved as we do them. And now we're however many minutes in, 35 oh, at the time of recording. It'll probably, probably get edited down a bit. But it's much more expansive i suppose yeah. well let's do his weakness his weakness is ruined film this answers a good question which is or or at least helps prompt that question which is how What's many the best evidence trait on a treachery it answers that question as well but it answers a question of what sort of numbers of evidence are we dealing with yes is Daryl's ability a twice a game ability or are we looking to trigger it every turn because we're kodaking every turn and we're building up evidence on other cards. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this as a sort of a concept. So ruined film. It's a treachery, a weakness. It's blunder-traded. It reads, Revelation. Remove four evidence from cards you control. For each evidence you cannot remove in this way, take one horror. Irrefutable proof reduced to nothing by the light of day. You know what's, what's interesting? Having compared it... Uh, Daryl to Mark at the start there. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is not a million miles away from Mark's weakness either, is it? Mm-hmm. It's like you. What is it for every two damage you take a horror? Yeah. So it's like it's it's dealing with the the kind of currency, the stat boost currency of those investigators, and then dealing you horror yeah. depending on that. And in each case, it's saying if you've not used your ability, you're going to be safe. With Mark, if you've gone really aggressive and gone up to four damage, you're then yeah. taking horror for doing so. Yeah. And for Daryl, you might have built up evidence, but if you've been spending it aggressively, mm-hmm. you'll also be punished. It also it reminds me, I mentioned Bob earlier, it reminds me of Bob as well. Both Ruined Film and Bob's Weakness Greed. If you draw them first turn, you might not have built up the yes. requisite currency to protect yourself. I've taken four horror from this before in exactly that situation. Yes. Yeah. Turn one, bam. Now you're now you're at half sanity. You're like, oh, okay. And I found playing Daryl solo, I would really prioritize if I could say action one player Hawkeye, action two investigate, so I get an evidence, not necessarily to stop the ruined film, but just you know get a buffer down to protect the camera if that's what i want to do or you know and start building up my stats and start building up all of that stuff feels really important when you've got a weakness that says are you not doing the thing you should be doing then i'm going to really hit you as with greed i think because it's in survivor the punishment is maybe less severe when you're taking shell shock and you're taking horror in a five sanity investigator in mark that's quite scary whereas Daryl at least has eight sanity. Bob has nine, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So they maybe take it on the chin a little bit better. And of course, there's keepsakes. There's Peter Sylvester, if that's your jam for dealing with the horror. So how do, what does this say to us about how much evidence you want to be playing with as Daryl beyond the obvious more than four? Good question. It's an interesting one in light of my conversation about how much evidence is worth. My experience has always been that Daryl is a bit of a wrecking ball, a bit of a juggernaut. When he gets up to speed, there's a lot of evidence in play that you can use for this. Like a a fully charged, you can wipe out a fully charged camera with this, take one horror, and that's, it's not the end of the world. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, re- research notes, I often have mm. quite a lot of clues on ready to mm. go. It's the one I'm always most hesitant to spend them off because it can clear a high shroud location. Like yeah. kind of five shroud, one eye clues or, or like one clue or something like that, six shroud. You're just like, mm. okay, well, I'll bust in there. Single action, mm-hmm. I've cleared that up. Yeah. At best, I feel like ruined film can hit. I can spend four evidence and it hasn't affected my stats from the Hawkeye folding camera. I've still maybe got evidence to play with. I've probably taken it off the Kodak, but I've still got evidence to play with on Empirical Hypothesis, say. That's when things are really singing. You've got this surplus and, and then it's almost like I can't find enough tests to spend it on. At worst, it really shuts down what you're doing yeah. uh, or just hits you for a load of horror. I've had it hit before, sort of early in a scenario, I think when I was on two evidence. And the nasty thing about it is you can't just choose to take four horror. So you're definitely losing those two evidence and then taking two horror. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes it feels like you almost need evidence to get evidence. And it's a little bit win more I suppose, of wanting to get the cycle going and building up enough, like particularly a couple of evidence and Hawkeye folding camera to boost your stats, which makes it easier to pass other tests. It makes it easier to succeed by three if you're doing that with an empirical hypothesis, so on and so forth. In in all of that regard, I feel like Butterfingers really helps because Butterfingers gives you ways of generating evidence that are nothing to do with passing tests. It's just to do with dropping clues. So at a push, I've done it before where I've played Captivating Discovery to drop a couple of clues to put a couple of evidence on research notes and then pick up those clues to get another evidence on the camera. It's like really enabled by Butterfingers in a way that if I wasn't running that, I think I'd find it a lot harder to kickstart the engine. Yeah, yeah. Any piloting tips for Daryl? Good question. Is it better to go lighter on skills and stat boosts and go more for evidence generation and and spend those more freely? Mm -hmm. Or do you go for a pretty standard build and then have the evidence that you gently accrue as sort of boosts when you need it? Probably the former. Yes. The Butterfingers package takes up sort of 12, 14, 16 cards, doesn't it? Yeah. If you're leaning into it. Between um, Malice and Quick Studies, you say, Press Pass, Research Notes, maybe Captivating Discovery or Forewarned. You've kind of got a whole thing that you're doing there. And notably, we've played. I've played opposite you playing Butterfingers in another investigator recently. Yeah. And what was striking is that it does, as a package, kind of cover all your bases. Yeah. As you've said, Research Notes gets you clues at High Shroud if you need to. Quick study gives you a stat boost. Forewarned cancels a mean treachery. Malison can shuffle an enemy away if that's what's worrying you, or shuffle a mean treachery to draw an enemy if you want an enemy. So, like, and Captivating Discovery draws you cards. So yeah. you kind of have all the bases covered if you're running that suite, which is really nice. Daryl was a lot more capable than that investigator I was running with you mm. because you've got the combined effect of. Daryl's ability whenever you want and quick study. And with quick study and research notes, you've got a kind of just a loop going of dropping clues and then picking them back up again. So you mm-hmm. don't necessarily lose anything as a result of that. 
So it's it's a it's a swing of five on any any test, plus three from mm. quick study, and then minus two from Daryl's ability. And you, yeah. you, his lowest stat is a two, which puts you at a seven. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Am I, am I, yeah, yeah. So a you, five you, versus you'll be whatever to, you've dropped. Yeah, yeah. You, your stat will go up to five, and then you've reduced the difficulty by two. Yeah, yeah. Which gives you a, like. On any test, gives you a decent, a decent ability with with losing nothing more than, well, potentially the action to pick the clue back up. Mm-hmm. And if you have press pass, you haven't even lost that because you get the action back. That's the criticism of Butterfingers, isn't it? That you the the real cost of Butterfingers is how much effort it takes to actually get all the clues that you've dropped on the floor. Yes. But, yeah, press pass mitigates but, but it, that. It makes you so like just dependable, and as a cluer, especially if you're packing multi clue, which you should be to mm. pick up all the clues you mm. dropped, lets you be like a kind of lone operative, able to, <laughs> you know, when I was playing Daryl, I could punch enemies. I would just be like, oh, there's an acolyte here. The fighter's engaged somewhere else. I'll just punch mm. it. Yeah, engage pow. Or evade an enemy. You know, an enemy appears on you and like, well, it, you know, your, your enemy manager's like, well, do you need me to come over and engage that enemy and then deal with it? You're like, well, I tell you what, I will just spin some stuff around and then I'll, I'll evade it. And suddenly, like, you're evading it, you know, six. <laughs> evade at six, you've dropped yeah. its difficulty by two. Yeah. And if you've dropped a clue to do that, you've maybe got an evidence on that enemy, so you don't want to kill it anyway. You then want to investigate back and, up and yeah. get the evidence and the Kodak and so on and so forth. Yeah, you were running Quick Learner as well. Yes. Do you want to yeah. just explain like the the reasoning behind that? Because I think it's it it really contributes to this idea as well. If, well, it's more ways of avoiding having to commit things to a test because it, it expands the range of your drop of difficulty to zero to four mm. if you have two mm-hmm. or no, three if you have one. Yeah. And four is hits a lot of tests in the game. Yeah, so that's one evidence and then minus two from two quick learner. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's no surprise to me that you only have one gumption in that deck that you, you read out earlier because you're getting a kind of a gumption every turn with the two quick learner yeah yeah I'd, in retrospect I it was I don't know whether I would have gone all in on that mm-hmm. because it was just a little bit awkward like quick learner really has its home in Stella yes where yeah. it just triggers her ability really really reliably and she has more actions with which to enjoy the benefit of the yeah. of the minus two difficulty, but you know if yeah. you if you're doubling up on press pass and you've maybe taken a relic hunter or something like that, then yeah, yeah, yeah. why that why the hell not five action turns three actions at minus two yeah, yeah. end of the turn that's really nice and you know it it triggers what is I think one of the best cards in Scarlet Keys which was Shed Light mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is a phenomenal card and the easier it is to fire that off the better. Yeah, I wanted to mention Shadow Light and the old Keyring level 3 because yes. you mentioned Clue Acceleration. So obviously Daryl can run Deduction, Fingerprint Kit and do the Seeker thing. Daryl's 5 Intellect means he's going to probably be passing tests. But then there's this other angle for Clue Acceleration in Survivor now. So Shredder Light, it costs to, if the difficulty of the test is zero, you're allowed to play it. Mm-hmm. It gives you an auto-succeed 
which is kind of runs counter. You've already got a zero, so you're probably succeeding. But it matters because because it's an auto succeed. You don't need to draw a token, so anything that cares about how much you succeed by triggers, which is nice. And then you discover one additional clue at this location and one additional clue at any location. Yeah. So you're paying two and getting three clues. Yeah. And then you combine that with the old key ring level three, three keys, action investigate, your location gets minus two shroud for this investigation. If you succeed, remove a key from the old key ring. And if this test's difficulty is zero, you discover one additional clue. Mm -hmm. So you might even be combining the two of them. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Using the old key ring to drop the difficulty by two, using a Daryl evidence or a gumption or whatever else it is. And you then get your one normal clue, your bonus clue from key ring, your two bonus clues from shed a light. Yeah. So you've got four clues in a single action there. Yeah, three of which you dropped... On that location earlier on, obviously. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I did. I did also try a version of Daryl with winging it as well, mm-hmm. because that's another difficulty reduction. But ultimately, I found, and I think it had, it did have some of the other improvised events as well. I think we played that together actually. Yeah, but yeah. not having a reliable way to discard winging it made that it, it didn't quite sing in the same way as it did when I went more in on the kind of dropping clues. Yeah, yeah. I found Daryl can struggle economically if you're playing a lot of things like Shadow Light, Working a Hunch, Winging It. These are all two cost events. It all adds up. You've got various assets you want to play. Maybe you want to play a press pass at four resources as well. And I think one card to really bear in mind for Daryl if you're doing any Butterfingers stuff is Crack the Case. Because if you're controlling where you're dropping clues, you can really be targeted with Crack the Case and aim for four resources off it which I think is, is really nice. There's obviously other options as well for just generating resources more normally, but I think it's worth a look as well if you're doing any kind of clue manipulation. It just grows in power. Yeah. And I think that ties into what I really enjoy about Daryl, mm-hmm. which is just the kind of the engine. Uh, I really like when I've got an investigator who all the all the pieces matter, all the bits work, yes. and I'm yeah. spending this to do that and this is happening yeah. and then I let's be trigger that. It's just it's it's a very I don't know, maybe you could say it's a bit masturbatory with this big engine that you know how it works and you just fiddle around with it. And it annoys mm-hmm. everyone else when you're playing. But it's enjoyable when you get it assembled and it works well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would say as well that's both the strength and the weakness of Daryl in solo. When that engine is working, however you've decided to lean into it, the fact that he has this ability to make any test easier means that he can turn his hand to a lot of different things, as we've mentioned already. But the downside is if you can't get your evidence up and running, so say you get swamped by a couple of enemies early, the classic bane of being a solo player, it can feel really difficult to claw your way out of that. Yeah. So I've run him with, I've got a plan, and like lent into using his intellect as a one-stop shop for dealing with enemies, and that's great. And then sometimes I found like, ah, if I could just evade this one enemy, I'd be okay. And I'm a three on two evading and I don't have an evidence because for whatever reason, I've not got them. I've maybe just been hit by ruined film and it can feel like the whole shebang grinds to a halt. Similarly, if I want to get an evidence off an enemy that I've put on with the Kodak, if there's no one else to help me, that can start to feel really awkward. Do I need to evade this enemy to then investigate to then leave? It's the it's the usual complaints I have about being the solo player, but 
he can handle it sometimes and then other times fall foul of it. He's definitely worth consideration solo because of the ability, but there can be some hiccups. Finally, I suppose, because we've gone a bit long. Yes. Tell me what what's going on with him taking photos that generate evidence. What's the theme of that? Oh, Frank, you're a fiend. It's <laughs> a good question, that. You were going to ask me, weren't I you? I was. I was going to press you on the, what the theme of evidence was. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, I think. It's really what the theme of spending the evidence is. Yeah. Well, the, the weird one is what's the theme of dropping clues? Yeah. We talked about that with patrons, didn't we? We did, There were some yeah. really good answers There were some that. good answers. There were some very good answers. It's sort of trade trading in knowledge. Is that is that where people got to with it? Yeah. At the expense. oh no 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 it's it's um spending the knowledge not on what you need to spend it on, right? It's it's yeah that was it. Yeah, and like being making connections between things you've picked up that don't necessarily propel the investigation forwards. Yes. Yeah. So you're captivating discovery. You're busily saying, well, this bit of information ties to this bit of information, which ties to this. And it gives you all these new ideas, i.e. cards. But what you're actually connecting is not, we need to go to this place and spend these clues to do this. It's something different. Yeah. Anyway, so like I understand the generation of evidence being he photographs or explores situations. He collects clues to get the evidence or, or you know, succeeds at his hypothesis that makes sense to me that evidence is sort of proof of the mythos if if you imagine that the evidence on enemies represents something else to the evidence when it's secured on the kodak you could say mm-hmm. that it, it's like a drive of daryl to photograph the unknown and the weird right yeah so he's like there's a ghoul there i need to take a picture of it Mm-hmm. And once he's taken the picture of it, it then becomes something he can take inspiration from to help mm-hmm. him overcome. It's like an idea that if he captures things, they're within his control. Yes, as long as he has it on film. Yes. It's it's sort of proof of that thing he thinks is happening. He's um he's sort of um Cassandra, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He believes this stuff's happening, but no one else will believe him. His editor says he was just seeing things, but he knows the truth. He will not rest until he's captured photographic evidence of the horrors that dwell in the shadows of his hometown and beyond. Just one good shot is all he needs. Yeah, there you go. The proof's in the yeah. pudding. The proof, proof in the pudding. Yeah. It still doesn't quite make sense to me of like the spending of it, but is he like tearing up a photo? <laughs> Maybe well, I'm no, taking it too literally. Yeah, he's got the photo, so... I guess there's an element of like analysis. Once you've got the photo, you can look at it and be like, "Oh well, this is the obviously the weak spot." <laughs> mm, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's not developing though. He, he, like in the fly, like just hold on a minute. I'm going to nip into my dark. Yeah, room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's like an element of yeah. he, he he gets that control back personally. Yes. Once he yeah. he's able to say that he's there's like a psychological impact of capturing something in a picture mm-hmm. that yeah. helps him overcome it. It's like Ansel Adams taking a picture and then being like, "I could climb a mountain now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a nice way of putting it. Any other topics you want to focus on before we finish the, wrap this one up? I don't think so. I think you know, just to kind of sum up, Daryl is he, he has a 
good defined role in a team. He can be flexible with his ability. Mm-hmm. And I think he's able to make good use of some cards that are already pretty strong, which makes yeah. him a really, really good investigator, if maybe one slightly annoying to play alongside because he's able to do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's me. How about you? Earlier on, I sort of half asked you about what else he can use from the survivor pool. And of course, the other thing about low stats is survivor is the best faction to do things with low stats because mm. of all the failure tech. So he also is like delightful in that way that you can not worry about boosting your stats because you've got a way of dropping difficulty, but you've also got a way of succeeding even if you fail, which is really, really nice as well, I think. It's weird when you have then a five stat because you probably don't run Look What I Found in Daryl. Yeah. Well, maybe you do. I really like that tension between is he a low stat investigator or a high stat investigator? And the two things kind of get a little bit confused, which is great fun. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can get in touch with us. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, on Twitter, on Designed by Humans if you want any Drawn to the Flame stash, and also on Patreon. And if you become a patron, you can join our wonderful Discord. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United all over the place. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Steam and Reddit and Discord as United. I'm also on Instagram as the.united. So please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as FB. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. Yeah, say hi as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Alex Dees knew so much of the gods that he could tell of their comings and goings, and guessed so many of their secrets that he was deemed half a god himself. It was he who wisely advised the Burgesses of Ulthar that when they passed their remarkable law against the slaying of cats, and who first told the young priest Ben Swoboda where it is that black cats go at midnight on St John's Eve. There now ensued a series of incidents which transported me to the opposite extremes of ecstasy and horror, incidents which I tremble to recall and dare not seek to interpret. No sooner had I crawled beneath the overhanging foliage of the palm, than there dropped from its branches a young child, Solar Jay, of such beauty as I had never beheld before.'